What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Monsters. Hello and welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name is Jonathan Larkin. I'm Martin Fennerty. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Stephen Moore. And this is our 99th episode, people. Wow. 99, 99. Um, how do we feel about that? It's quite an obvious choice, this film, but it's one that we've had in our like opening credits sequence for a while and we just haven't got around to doing it but before we talk about it um, I'm quite excited to hear Jonathan Butler's thoughts because last night he, he went to see what, The Lighthouse The Lighthouse yeah you were supposed to go and see that I was supposed to go and see but I, I had a um, crazy anxiety attack I couldn't go so Jonathan quite um, happily took advantage of my poor situation <laughs> took, <laughs> you make it sound so <laughs> took me tickets and went and saw the film so it's Robert Eggers, isn't Robert it? Robert Eggers, yeah. Who made the The Witch. The Witch. Yeah. Um, um yeah. so thoughts, what was it? I you know, I really enjoyed it. At, at first I wasn't quite sure. There's there's bits that are instantly great. Like first, first instinct was like the performances are amazing, unbelievable. Yeah. Willem Dafoe is just unbelievable. Isn't it? Yeah. Robert Patterson, which I'm I'm not even really that big a fan of him, but he is really good in this. I've seen a few things recently where he's you know, he's he's turning into a a good actor. Yeah. It, bizarrely, some scenes he reminded me of um, Daniel Day Lewis a little bit. Oh wow! It's, it's a, high praise indeed. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's the look of him at least not maybe not as I don't know how method he got with the um, mm-hmm. with the acting, but he, that, yeah. he reminds me of him physically at least. Yeah. Um, but I think the more I've been thinking about it and get over the initial kind of shock of it. Yeah. Um, I I do really like it. So it's like when the dust settles, it still leaves a good taste in your mouth. It's yeah, it's, I definitely want to see it again. Yeah, it's kind of it's. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's kind of like there's a bit of Lovecraft in there and a little bit of Poe in there as well. Oh, nice. And it's, so it's like a 1890s. These two guys work at a lighthouse. Yeah. So it's like a far off lighthouse. I don't. They don't really explain the the ins and outs of it, but I'm guessing they must work on like a shipping line. Okay. So that you know. Making sure ships don't run into this rock. Yeah. But it's isolated, so they've got to spend like a month there at a time. Um, yeah. But it's a it's very good. I'm not doing to spoil too much of it, but yeah. so it looks amazing. Um, the performances are brilliant. Yeah. Oh, okay. And cool. it, there's a real great like dark atmosphere and tone to it as well. Right. And it's all black and white. Isn't it's it? all black and white. It's, it's done it almost in like it's not quite a cadmium ratio. I think it's like a. Um, I think it's the ratio for its lang use, so it, it looks like an expressionist film as well. Even wow. even the aspect ratio of it, yeah. 
So I say there's bits that remind me of. Um, I think it, it might have been floating around Twitter. There's a scene where the the the, ha- the room that they live in has got a strange arch shaped ceiling, and it looks like uh, parallels Night of Hunter. You know where oh. Mitchum. So it's yeah. that same shot almost. So it's gone for the expressionist field, yeah, definitely. What um, I one of the things I love about the witch because I rewatched it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I rewitched it. (laughs) The the score is amazing. Yeah, is there a good score on this film? Uh, To be honest, I can't remember. The score doesn't stand out. Yeah, but now actually it does. It's weird. It's there's like it's almost like a foghorn. There's like a foghorn constant, almost constantly going off. Wow. And it's there to like put you on edge because it's like I definitely made the right choice. To <laughs> you take those tickets. <laughs> yeah, I say it's a very, very claustrophobic and oppressive like feel to the film. Yeah, yeah, and it like deals with madness and yeah. things like that. But so, I, I really liked it, and oh, I think a lot of people will like it. But I can see a lot of people not liking it as well. Yeah, because I think it's designed to be. A, like a bit esoteric and a bit weird yeah and to pull people off almost like irreversible irreversible is filmed in such a way that it's quite oppressive isn't it mm. so well, the witch was like that wasn't yeah. it because lots of people thought oh it's going to be a halloweeny film yeah. or it's yeah. witch. and it and it and it um, caught a lot of people off guard in terms yeah. of what they were going to actually call yeah and the old like language used completely yeah. threw loads of people off guard yeah there's yeah. a little bit of that as well it uses actual well it's like periods like accurate language so some of it's yeah. a bit I've seen people say it needs subtitles yeah to explain yeah. it it's like it's not quite as much as watching Shakespeare but some of the dialogue is a bit archaic <laughs> so you've got to be paying attention so it's a, it's a, it's not really aimed at like a sort of Friday night popcorn munching audience no no it's think it's if you enjoyed The Witch and you've got an open mind then mm. I think you'd you'd appreciate it yeah is Black Phillip in it? no although there is there is yeah. a, 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 an animal that has a bit of a bit of spotlight in it. So definitely not one for the more mainstream audiences. No. Then. So it's not like a Steven Spielberg film. No, no, it's oh. all, all a Toby <laughs> film. Or <laughs> did you see what I did there? That's my little segue. Um, so in the late seventies, after so I, I only learned this today. So in the late seventies, after um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was such a was a hit, um, Steven Spielberg had an idea to create a darker follow up to it. Uh, called Night Skies. That was a project he was developing for quite a while. Didn't that finally get made in like the nineties or something? But there's that film called Dark Skies, isn't there? Yeah, and I think. I don't know if it's the same. A, there was a series as well, and I'm sure Spielberg had something to do with that. Oh, okay, so it finally came to fruition. Then. It was about alien abductions and yeah. UFOs and stuff. Well, what he was trying to do with with the Night Skies idea initially was to tell a darker story of of sort of alien. Invade, um, you know, aliens come to Earth because he's always been fascinated by that, and um, he wanted to look at like a, you know an all American family under siege from aliens, um, and then as these things do with you know when you developing projects like that, they just rumble on for years and they don't necessarily get made the way you think they're going to get made, mm. and in in the end, the Night Skies project was split between two films. And one was ET. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one was the film that we're going to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. So we're, tonight we're talking about the perennial classic from 1982, and it is the Toby Hooper film, <laughs> the Steven Spielberg production, <laughs> Poltergeist. The house looks just like the one next to it, and the one next to that, and the one next to that, 
A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky. With their three children. <laughs> and something more. Last night, do you remember when you woke up and you said you were here? Uh-huh. Well, who did you meet? Who's here? TV people. Something's funny going on here next door. Something, uh... We were wondering if maybe you had experienced any disturbances lately. What kind of disturbances? I don't know what happens over this house. at 8 a.m. this morning. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It was a good idea. It woke me up. It's, it's, not, it's not like a depressing film to watch it at all. It's like the opposite. It's yeah. my yeah. wistful sort of Yeah. <laughs> strange. It's very, very it's strange. Very yeah, yeah. Watching it now because I haven't seen it for a good long time. I haven't seen it while. for a long time. I watched it on Monday night. I think I watched it. Yeah. It is very kind of light-hearted almost. It's weird. It's, yeah. it's so strange. To me, yeah, I thought it was like Virgin on straight up comedy. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's so fun. Yeah. Like, it's almost like an adventure film rather than a horror film in some mm. ways. And it all comes down, for me, it all comes down to the score, mm. the music. Shelly Gold. Completely it? overwhelms it for the whole film. Mm. Um, so, Poltergeist, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen it, Poltergeist is that classic film. You know the you know the iconic image of the little little blonde, cute girl sat in front of a fuzzy television, and it's a snowy screen, and she's got her hands placed on the television. Um, and um, the, so it's about the Freeling family, who live in Cuesta Verde. Cuesta Verde. Who live in Cuesta Verde? I think it's in Orange County or somewhere, and it's uh, it's like a it's like a new build mm. little sort of suburban estate type thing um, and they're like an all American family there's um, Steve and Diane played by Craig Nelson and Joe Beth Williams and they've got they've got three kids they've got um, they've got Dana who's 15 Robbie who's like 10 or something and Caroline who's the youngest is she supposed to be 15? Dana is yeah that's weird like think the she is or 14 that's weird yeah <laughs> She's a teenager, definitely a teenager. Um, 
and they've the the sort of all American family. They're quite sort of chaotic. They're quite they're very loving. They're very warm. Very well drawn. I think very well drawn characters. Mm. And they are suddenly under siege from poltergeist activity. There's something in that's coming through the TV, and it's trying to make contact, especially with Caroline, the little girl. And then, basically, about halfway through the film, there's a terrible storm. They are the the kids are attacked by the creepy tree outside. And in the middle of all the chaos, Catalan disappears, and she's she's sucked into the um the closet, the closet, the toy closet, and then it's all about the family's battle to get Catalan back because they know that she's not dead; she's just sort of trapped between worlds. And it's all it's a big sort of family drama, really, mm, isn't yeah. it? It's focused on family, and it's all about getting Catalan back, and you know, will they get her back in time before this this sinister other presence? Catches up with her and drags her into the light. So that's 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 it in a nutshell, really. So yeah, um, and it's the first time I've seen it in a long time. So in, initial thoughts, Stephen. Um, I've seen it like two times before this, and I remember like one bit that made me laugh the first time I watched it. Like really made me laugh, and I was thinking, but and it was a good film overall. But then this time watching it, I loved it. Like I loved it a thousand times more than the first time I watched it yeah. I think it's great I think it's so fun I think it's a little bit creepy it's not scary but it's just a lot of fun and I just love it yeah, yeah. like a bit, a bit of a roller coaster ride in a way yeah. John yeah it's, uh, to be honest I was the same same as you I've not seen it for probably God, at least 10 years yeah. this, it, this, I remember when I was younger and this has always been on like TCM or you know one of those yeah. one of those cable channels it'd be on like most weeks a lot and especially when it got on Halloween so I watched it a lot when I was a kid yeah I remember enjoying it and then watching it again. Um, I kind of, I'd, you know, you remember the main plot points of it, don't you? But mm. you forget the little bits. I remember the um, the guy in his face melting. That, uh, yeah. that sticks with you, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It sticks out like a sore thumb in the rest, yeah. of the rest of the film as well. But I think the humour, I, I, I liked, I forgot how much humour was in it. Yeah. And it does make it kind of a, quite a light-hearted. Yeah. It's very, quite comedic in places, I think. Definitely. Martin? Yeah, it's okay. I'm not like I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's okay. Mm. Caroline, Caroline sort of gets on me. I can't. I can't decide. Well, no, Caroline gets on me nerves. But I also, it's always. I always suspect that she was on. She was drugged <laughs> through the whole film. <laughs> right. I was, like, there's just something not quite. She's quite there. strange. She's she? strange. Yeah. As far as kid actors go, she does not bother me. Mm. Oh, she completely does. Completely, she completely bothers me. She's just too perfect mm. by yeah. far. I think she's very creepy and unsettling, often, but also adorable at the same time, which is more creepy. I don't think that's because of the film or the acting. I think she was drugged. So you do that. That's your. I think she was on. She was on some sort of tranquilizer. Yeah. Well, my, my thoughts watching it today was similar, really. I uh, I, I remember from throughout my childhood, it was always the, was the classic ghost film, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. This and Amityville Horror were the classic sorts of ghost films. Um, and people were always talking about how scared they were by it. And I, I can't actually remember ever really being scared by it. I remember watching it as a kid with a group, um, possibly with my brother or my cousins or something. I remember my uncle. It was on TV, and I remember my uncle. I was on video because he kept pausing. You know the bit at the end where the big where where she runs where 
where Diane runs in and says, get away from my babies, and she runs in and the big white thing, the, the big, big white skeleton. Mm-hmm. skeleton things yeah. in the door. I remember my uncle pausing it, and he had some sort of way that he could zoom in on the face, yeah. and that was to scare us all. Yeah. But I don't remember, even as a kid, being scared of this film. Do you, you know what? I watched it the other day. The only bit that kind of gave me a jump or anything was... Um, and it, it's dead bizarre, but you know where the mum's walking around the kitchen and she's can't find the kids. Yeah. And then the little hand, the, hand? the little hand comes up and grabs her from behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. That's, that was that creepy. Was creepy. <laughs> that was so creepy. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all, really. There's one bit in it that we'll get to that, that I find really scary, but... Other than that, uh, so watch, so yeah, watching it today, I thought so maybe as an adult I'll see it differently, but it's still I, I like it. I think it's a I think it's a very well executed film. Mm. Bad as director, it's bad as director, <laughs> but it's just not remotely scary at all. Yeah. It's just too whimsical yeah. and like yeah, Lardy da Spielbergy to I be. I don't think that that's necessarily a negative thing. It's just not no. what you expect yeah. when you hear of it. Because that was I remember the first time. Um, I watched it and I heard the big up of how scary it was and it's like one of these pinnacle horrors of like it's going to be so scary and I sat down to watch it and when the fucking dwarf woman walks in halfway through I was like what the fuck <laughs> is going on? <laughs> yes. Yes. She's Just fabulous. out of curiosity do we know what certificate it was when it was released? PG. It was a PG yeah. so yeah. it is almost it is it? kind of designed to be like a scary film for it kids. It got an R rating um when they initially went through it, and Toby and Spielberg argued with them to get it lowered, and they got it yeah. because they didn't have a thirteen. Then, so yeah, so it is kind of. I, I, but in that way, that's I can kind of see the point of it. It's you know for a lot of kids, it's po- po- possibly their first introduction yeah. to horror. So yeah. in that regard, that's that's fair enough, I think. And I like. I I'm a fan of when they when they make horror movies that are designed for like a family audience yeah. because I think kids need a good gateway into horror as well because yeah. like I went to see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark a couple yeah. of months ago and that's very much along that, in that vein it yeah. was aimed at a young teenage audience and it was good it was mm. a good film for that mm. um, and I feel like that's a similar thing with this it's just that over the years it's sort of become one of those films that's always mentioned in the top 10 horror films of all time list. I, mean, I wouldn't say that and it's <laughs> yeah. I don't know I mean but maybe it does deserve its place there but for me, I'm surprised that something that's so not scary is is yeah. heralded at the high. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm more and more moving away from like. I think it's like horror themed comedy. Yeah, like, I think it's really comedy horror. It is very funny. It is very funny. So, um, the the first thing I thought when I watched it was I love that staircase. Yeah, mm. it's incredible. What a great house! Aren't yeah, they? I mean they always have great houses in American haunting films, don't they? Because they're massive. very cheap. You're going to haunt somewhere. You're going to haunt somewhere nice, don't you? Exactly. It sets the scene really well, doesn't it? It sets up what what this family are like. And you've got, like, the dad's asleep in front of the telly. The Simpsons, basically. Yeah, (laughs) it is like the Simpsons. But I love um, love, uh, uh, the Dana Dana character, the older sister, that she sleeps in bed with. Like, she's got crisps all over the bed. (laughs) I love that. And she's always eating. She's always eating. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got a dog. Is it a Labrador? Or a retriever. It's a retriever. And the dog's sort of sniffing around and stuff, mm. and then he eventually wakes Caroline up out of her bed, doesn't he? And um, she comes down and ends up sitting entranced in front of the snowy picture on the TV mm. that, that's finished for the night. Do you remember when the TV used to finish for the night? Yeah. Mm. Tends to see the, um, or whatever. Yeah. And the National Anthem playing at yeah. the end of the night. Um, 
And she's sort of saying... Stephen doesn't, I can see. He's got a smug little look on his face. I don't think so. I think one or two channels. Maybe, but most of them, no. I remember when the BBC One's finished, it would turn into like the CPAC screen, wouldn't it? Just roll through the night. I just remember watching like late night poker until like (laughs) 3am. I don't know why. It's before there was that. It's like half 11 television. Beep. When there was like yeah, four that, channels or, yeah. or, or three, three. Channel, three channels. TV told you to go to bed. Yeah. Oh, I do remember when Channel 5 On came. Cookie Telly. Yeah. I remember that. I watched the opening of that, so. I remember I'm, that. I'm oldish. I remember the opening of Channel 4. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Caroline's sat in front of the TV and she's saying, Hello, what do you look like? And you know, you can see that she's having a conversation with someone. That's that is actually sort of mm. creepy, and I love the the way the family come down the stairs and they're like, "What the hell is going yeah, on?" Yeah, over egg, and they've just woken up back in there. Especially Dana, she like comes down the stairs like, and then we get the credits of Steven Spielberg production mm. with the um that yeah. Jerry Goldsmith score. Yeah, might as well be John Williams' score, might not. Really. <laughs> mm. Um, but do you remember those melodic? Scores with like a choral element were quite big in mm. horror for about ten years. Mm. The Amityville Horror had one. Um, Rosemary's Baby had like a melodic score as well, and I suppose you could argue Tubular Bells and The Exorcist mm. was a similar type of. That was sort of there to denote it's a creepy film mm. kind of thing. But watching it now, it's like, it's just not scared. The mu- none of the music is, is is tells me this is horror. No, that that I say that. Help set the tone of like whimsical, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that weird. That the, the music could have been Poltergeist, it could have been Jumanji, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so all America, there's this very suburban guys watching football whilst <laughs> mum's making the beds upstairs. Mm. Um, well, trying to watch football anyway, trying to watch mm. football. Um, <laughs> it's great the first bit of really good comedy isn't it it's like well first of all you've got the, the, the cans of beer that are like that have popped and there's the beer, there's beer yeah, spraying yeah, everywhere yeah. Um, and then they've got remote wars with mm. the neighbour that was fun yeah he's trying to watch his Mr Rogers or something yeah and the, he's trying to watch the football yeah and because the, 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 they're on the same remote yeah one can turn the other's TV over does yeah. that even happen yeah, yeah. it does because really? um, I've had it where like yeah, we used to have done work all the time. I was upstairs and I could, if you press the wrong button, you'd turn the telly downstairs. Wow. Yeah, okay, so when I worked in Sony, because yeah. um, obviously all the tellies were Sony tellies, if you're remote, if you turn your te- oh, yeah. turn the telly off, just everyone's telly goes off. Yeah. Because they were all the same model of telly. Yeah. It, 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 um, it did... Make me pose, it did make me pose the question in my head of um, if your neighbour was watching football and you were on the same remote mm. what would suddenly appear on their TV from your TV <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think it's a, good, it's a good question to ask yourself supermarket sweep maybe supermarket sweep <laughs> upstairs, upstairs downstairs yeah. well I thought I'd like to say all kinds of pornographic filth but mine would be like Great Canal Journeys or Escape to the Shadow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The porn's on my phone. The porn, yes. I'm not too much porn on the telly anymore. <laughs> so 90s. So 90s. Um, so, Caroline's Tweety Bird dies. Yeah. And <laughs> I love to see where the woman's just like holding oh, yeah. it over the toilet. Like, why wouldn't you just 
Why would I you flush a bed? I was, I was thinking, you? how could you flush an actual bed down the toilet? Well, oh, you flush go Yeah, you can flush I do room. like the way she goes, like, couldn't you have waited for a school day? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, same size as a poo. Yeah. In fact, smaller than some poos. How many feather poos do you have? <laughs> I'm not saying poos are feathered. <laughs> well... Maybe not. It depends. <laughs> the feathers would probably sneak a bit more sleep. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. It is funny that movie. Caroline's face is is funny. That fu- that's funny, and how quickly her grief turns to. Can I get a goldfish? Yeah. Now? <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to, cuts straight to it overfeeding the goldfish. I thought that was quite funny. Um, and um, there's a lot of humour in it, and there's there's I loved a bit where um. Is it the mum or the dad says? Oh, is it where the mum says to Caroline, if you feed the fish too much, it'll turn into a shark. <laughs> I thought Spielberg wrote that line. Yeah. Definitely wrote that line. Possibly directed it as well. Possibly. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. <laughs> so the Diane and Stephen bed building the joints. Yeah. I thought that was such a fun little... I always, I've, I've always remembered that scene. I've always loved that scene. And it's ripped, it's ripped off in Paranormal Activity 3. Yeah. They do the same in that. Yeah, and that rings a vague, isn't there something with, uh, I can see Patrick Wilson doing a, a similar sort of scene in something else as Probably well. Probably in Insidious, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, possibly. Mm. It's weird though, because I mean, I, I, this is, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of films, but I'm trying to think of another, an earlier film where you get that kind of white suburban middle class drug use, you know, just casually, mm. just sitting on the bed, just, oh, just have a joint. Yeah, yeah. And I can't think... It's quite nice though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a nice scene. And I, I like the bit where she gets paranoid and starts thinking Caroline's going to sleepwalk into the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry. But that comes back later, doesn't it? Yeah. It does come back. Yeah, we're not looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought it was really fun. It was cute like to see adults, like parents, like kind of flirting and having fun with each other. Because yeah. you just kind of normally, when it's an older couple who are together, they just accepted it together and you don't show any romance between them. Yeah. They're just together. But they're not older. She's meant to be 32. Yeah. yeah. I just mean, like, not teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, pe- people in a parental role, you know, yeah, you yeah. see yeah. them. Yeah, no. yeah. She's meant to be 32 yeah. and Dana's 16. Oh. So did do the maths yeah. when I was watching. I think, gosh, the mum was... She didn't waste time, did she? No. Jim Slip mum. Jim Slip mum. So the thunderstorm, there's a thunderstorm coming. Um, and uh, I, re- I do remember like the thunderstorm bits with the, like, the clown and stuff. I've, I do remember them being creepy, watching them previously. But it's just all, that, all the music. The music completely takes me out of this film. Mm. It totally mm. takes me out of this film. Um, the tree outside the window is good. I like yeah. that. And there's some brilliant exposition. The, it, it, what I will say about Spielberg and the other the two writers of this film, they dropped the exposition so well into mm. this film. When he says, um, the dad says, it's an yeah. old tree. It was here before my company built the neighbourhood. And that's it. He doesn't mm. say anything else until like later on. And I think that's really well done. Um, and the, you know, the trick that he teaches the kids about the... the counting, yeah. The counting. Yeah. I've always remembered that. I, re- I remember that as well. Yeah. I must have been this film when I heard it. Yeah. Oh, I knew that, but it definitely wasn't from this film. No. Yeah. But it might have been taught to me because my dad's not in this film. <laughs> you know, I know. No, yeah. I got taught it. My mum will have never seen this film. Yeah. Well... And so it's a, it's the distance between the, the thunder crack and lightning. As if that gets more distant, then it's getting further away. Uh, further yeah. away, yeah. And actually, if you if, if it's like one and two and three, and every number that you count is two miles, two miles. away. That's really good, isn't it? I like that. Um, 
And then I like, I like the bit where, where Steve says good night, Dana, and she hides the phone under her <laughs> under her bed. Um, and um, yeah, is he on some sort of like teen teen phone line? One of the speak to a, a boy band or speak to a, someone called Corey. Corey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, there's see, this is freaking me out now because the scene where like she goes outside and then like the work, he's like. Playing with that stuff, and I'm just like the men from the Me Too Gardening Company. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> isn't one of them uh, Billy or a Predator, isn't it? I would never know. Is this the, the, like the big Native American guy? Ah, right. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. that's Billy or a Predator. <laughs> and it's like, but the mum's just stood there laughing at it, like watching and going, "Oh, that's, oh well, <laughs> that's well, fine." It's 1982. Yeah, I'm getting a swimming pool. I'm swimming. Yes, yes. But there's another line later on. Must be a grandchild. There's a line later on that made me. I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. I think we'll get to it later. But. Okay. Um, so, yeah, more lovely comedy where they say, where you think, they, oh, the kids are going to be fine because they've learned that game about the thunder. And then it cuts straight to them in bed with the parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, my favourite piece of music in this film is when the spooky hand comes out of the telly. And I don't know, it's like a trombone or something that plays, but it's really loud mm. and it's really that's the one bit where it's like, ooh, horror mm. score, really good. Um And you get all on it, don't you? There yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. That is good. That is good. So this is the moment where the ghosts really start mm. to make contact with the family, isn't it? Oh, they're not ghosts though, are they? Oh, no, they are ghosts, but they, they make a distinction, the difference between like, a poltergeist right. and, and a, a ghost. ghost. Yeah, yeah. Um, Poltergeist is meant to be energy and a ghost is meant to be a person but they yeah. don't follow this rule on that one well I just sort of they forget that halfway through don't they when you see people walking through the house yeah great breakfast scene I the chemistry that. between the kids is amazing my like favourite is like just a little moment where um, the dad's on the phone doing his business work and tying his tie at the same time and he ties himself into the phone yeah <laughs> yeah some cracking stuff. I love the bit where they're saying you're, a, you know, you're a bath bag and stuff, and she says you're a daddy bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Yuri Geller's been at the cutlery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's spoons and knives and forks abandoned left, right, and centre, and this is where we see like the um, the Me Too Gardening Company, <laughs> um, and they're digging, aren't they? They're digging the new pool and the flit and with uh, the iron up Dana, saying you know inappropriate things to a teenage girl. Um, but she sort of holds her own. She tells them she, she, shows oh, she them she's not does. interested. So do we think that the whole time the people have been living on top of these graves? Spoiler. It's been like sort of you know it's not been great but it's fine. Mm. But now that they're digging, it's this dig, isn't it? That's sort of been the icing on the cake. It must be. Or is it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. Because why that feeling just come? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think it's the dig in the garden because later on you relatively see... new though, isn't it? Yeah, the development. Yeah, mm. but later on you see, don't you? In the, when in the pool scene at the end, mm. that's where the corpses start mm. to rise. Mm. So yeah. they must be literally digging into the where the corpses are, yeah. and that that's what sparked off this sort of chain of events. Um, kitchen table chairs. Yeah, podcast activity. Thank that's you. Cool. See, it's good. That's what's effective. You know, it's like. In, just when they, the camera pans away and then it cuts back and then the chairs have all moved or stacked up or something, you know, that's effective, you know, just filmmaking. You don't yeah. You don't need CGI and stuff to do no, really really cool. things like that. Yeah. This mama has the complete opposite reaction to any sane person. <laughs> she does, but isn't it refreshing? Yeah, I suppose. But like, 
What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right, like, one thing is when she lines up the chair and lets the chair move along. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's <laughs> one thing. But when she puts the fucking kid on it, that's like a bit much. No, well, she just gets her to go and get the football. Yeah, she puts, the that she puts the football. <laughs> on the hell was so on first. Cute. Yeah. It's so cute. And the girl's so pissed off with just, like, his bored by the whole thing. Yeah. She's done it, so like, 50 times, times really. Yeah. <laughs> I love when she says, so when all this happens, and she says to Steve, now reach back into our past when you used to have an open mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just love, I, I think her reaction to it all is really refreshing because she finds it hilarious and exciting. And yeah. I get the feeling like maybe she's just starts to get a bit bored of mm. life there and mm. now this is happening. So it's something that she actually finds quite exhilarating. Mm. And it's different, so... It, Rather than saying, oh my God, this is awful, we've got a poltergeist, she starts to just, like, race the kids. Yeah. <laughs> she starts to put the kids in helmets and, like, watch them skid along yeah. the floor. Help by a the well, it's not a very interesting neighbourhood, is it? It's just house yeah. upon house upon house upon house. Yeah. And, you know, that it's just, it's not been, it's not a traditional town where there's shops and things in you know, nearby. Yeah. You've yes. got to go for so miles and miles yeah. to mm. some sort of mall oh, that's yeah. miles away. Yeah. And even then, it'll be so faceless you don't interact with anybody. So yeah. boredom immediately sets in. Yeah. You were a six year old. Um, at, at, so then, when it goes to the neighbours to ask them if they've noticed anything funny going on, and that's such a good comedy scene. Mm. And the neighbours are looking at them as if to say, You absolute lunatics. Yeah, because that's the neighbour he was fighting with, wasn't he, before? Yeah. yeah. And they're like getting bitten by mosquitoes as they're yeah. talking. So they look yeah, so you're like them out. <laughs> Because he says, doesn't he? I've never, I've never even seen the mosquito around here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and then do we get to the it's the tree attack and Caroline's kidnap here, doesn't it? Yeah. Ghost snap, poltergeist snap. Um, still kidnap. Yeah. It's the kid doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's really true. Uh, I can't remember finding this this bit particularly scary as a kid. It's just because it's so big and and colourful and mm. so it looks beautifully done. It's it's great, but. I think the tree smashes in it, but, but it's a bit camp as well. I think it's it's, yeah. it's like hands almost coming through the things. So it's a bit. Oh, definitely. It's is. very obvious. Yeah, it's very obvious. It's like it's a bit too obvious in some ways. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, it's another big storm, isn't it? Yeah. And then the tree comes crashing through the window, and they sort of pass it off as like a cyclone passing over the house, don't they? Which reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. You know, when the uh, yeah. when the tree's been sucked up into the into the into the actual cyclone, it's just very Wizard of Oz. The bit I did like about the tree, because actually once that initial bit was very obvious, and this still is very obvious, but it was, it was, it was funny and clever at the same time, was the, the tree eat, starting to eat, eat the, the boy. boy. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being eaten by a tree. And then he comes out all slime. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot of Star Wars stuff in his room, hasn't he? I noticed. Yes. Yeah. A Chewbacca mask, a TIE fighter. All kinds. Of, because when he covers the clown up, it's like a Chewbacca jacket. It's like a bomber jacket with yeah, Chewbacca's face on it. Yeah. Loads. I wondered if George Lucas was a. Uh, I don't know. Does he would. Well, Spielberg and Lucas are like best mates anyway. Neck and neck, aren't they? Yeah. So. But I do, do you think he'd, he'd be allowed to give them a load of. Because doesn't he teach? He has a lot of um, Star Wars figures. Because yeah. um, when he's teaching ET, he's got like a Boba Fett, hasn't he? And he's yeah. talking to him about That's Star right, Wars. Yeah. Wasn't Return of the Jedi coming out the next year? Possibly, yeah. Easy to say it would have been. So, chaos, chaos, they're all looking for Caroline. They, they, they rescue Robbie and they're looking for Caroline. One of my lasting memories of this entire sequence is the silhouette of Robbie's terrible teeth against the. Yes, I put that away. Against, yes. the, <laughs> against the TV. Do you remind me of? It reminds me of. Um, 
fellow who makes um, well some comic Nick Parks <laughs> and the Revenge of the Weir Rabbit. Oh yes, <laughs> the Weir Rabbit. Yeah, totally. I like so, that film. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, they quickly realise that Caroline is in fact stuck inside the television. But that's where they think that she's in the pool. That was like the mum's first thing. Is yeah. Like, oh, she's in the pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you do, you do have to get this great scene where she's like sucked in, isn't it? You mm-hmm. get the all see all the toys getting yeah. pulled towards the room, yeah. and then she's getting like pulled off the bed, isn't she? Yeah. And again, it's really effective, but nothing about the music or that color palette tells me fear. It, no. it tells me to be scared. You know what I mean? It's more like, a, oh my god, this is unbelievable. It's almost like an alien abduction type. Mm. You know. Um, so none of it's particularly scary but it did make me think like what do you do if your daughter's stuck in the telly don't unplug it <laughs> don't unplug it yeah we have different views <laughs> <laughs> if Stephen um, ever has children immediately call such a thing don't worry about one um, one sort of advantage this film has got over the likes of the Conjuring films now is that from here it jumps straight to them going for help, mm-hmm. um, and quite a, it looks like some time has passed. By the time he goes to Doctor Lesh, mm-hmm. who is a parapsychologist, time's right. passed, doesn't it? There's the weird bit with um, the sheets over the top of the plan, and you think it's like the dead daughter, and they're like, "Oh, oh no, like my daughter's dead," and you pull it back, and it's like the creepy clown, and you just like laugh, and it's like, yeah. well, "What the fuck?" Yeah, is that moment? Yeah. And still so casual. Your daughter's still missing. She's still gone. You don't yeah. know where she is. Um, yeah, because they're like, when he's talking to his boss, when the dad's talking to the boss, he's like, oh no, she's just, she's not well. She, she's, we're just keeping her out of school because yeah. she's not well. And he's like, how long can you pretend yeah. that your daughter's missing? I know. Well, can, um, <laughs> well, when, Kate, so, Kate and Jerry McCann can learn a few things from this. <laughs> So when the, when the, so when he goes to see Doctor Lesh, he talks about like there's been podcast activity at the house and stuff, and they don't show you any of that. They just because there's such a tight focus in this film on family. Mm. It's literally all about. It's like he says, "I don't care about any of that. We just want our daughter back," and that reflects mm. that reflects the film's drive as well. They don't mm. really care so much about the horror. It's more about the family, and it's yeah. more about. Yeah. So they, they don't waste loads of time, whereas now, I feel like if this was made now, it would be like throw everything, throw everything but the kitchen sink at this film. So mm. they would they would fill, they would have half an hour of the film of Poltergeist activity after Caroline's gone, mm. before, they yeah. went and got mm. pe- before they went and got help, and you get a two and a half hour film. Yeah, well that's well, what the Conjuring's like, the, that's my problem with the, with the first Conjuring yeah. film, it's like the first hour was really strong, but then yeah. the second hour just it gets bogged down yeah. in its own bullshit, and yeah. like just, yeah. you've made a great first hour of a film, yeah. and you've ruined it. And then number two is nearly an hour longer. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very good. But I think they also used the, um, the Poltergeist Activity as a punchline in a joke. Oh, that's a fucking great. Joke. I love, I love that bit where um, the, the the investigators yeah. it was, when he's talking about oh we filmed in a, a car was it we filmed, over seven we hours. filmed a car that moved like seven feet. So yeah, over, it moved a meter over seven hours. Over seven hours, and then it. The, as the punch, as you say, the punchline to the joke is they just open the door and just the fucking shit's flying around the room. And he just look on his face. And look on his face is just like, mm. <laughs> that's just great. No, that it's was good. Comedy. The effects are awful, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. So the paranormal inv- investigators 
come to the house and Dr. Lesh, played by Beatrice Strait, I love Dr. Lesh, I think she's brilliant. Um, she's very warm and human mm. and real, I think, and her assistants, I like her assistants as well, especially. I think it's Ryan, the black guy. Mm. He was in Dynasty as well. He was uh, Dominique Devereaux, love interest mm. in Dynasty. So the paranormal investigators, where they talk to Carol Ann and stuff, it's all sort of very whimsical again, isn't it? It's all quite light, light in tone. Um, but I do love the bit where Diane goes to walk up the stairs and Caroline moves through her and she can smell her on her clothes. Mm. I find that quite emotional. Yeah, that's a really lovely moment because yeah. she, she's genuinely overwhelmed with emotion and she can smell her and feel yeah. her. And yeah. It's, it's, just, it's amazing. It's really well acted, actually. Yeah, she says she, says she moved through my soul, mm. which is a very schmaltzy line, yeah. but she delivers it really well. Yeah. I like the um, bit as well with it. The woman sat down and she goes, didn't saw him at the haunt and she goes, um, we, it's hard to say whether this house is actually haunted and then the kettle like moves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. Like, yeah. They're just like, no, no. And yeah. then she's shaking as she gets a cup of tea, isn't <laughs> she as well? Yeah, it's, it's the ghost saying, fuck you. Yeah, and when they're trying to get photographs of her, of the haunting, of the podcast activity and, and uh, Diane says she's got to be quicker than that around here. <laughs> yeah. It's quite, it's, yeah, it is really good. Um, so, the my favourite scene in the whole film is Dr. Lesh talking about being a parapsychologist. Mm. And she's saying, I'm a very irresponsible mm. woman. Um, but she's, and she chooses, she's got a little bottle of booze, a little hidden mm. flask of booze, and she chooses, she doesn't want a glass, she just drinks it from the bottle. Yeah. And there's this lovely moment where her and Diane bond, and it's these two very different women bonding in a moment of crisis, and it's just really, really, really well done. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. so lovely humanity there and when she's trying to again it borders on the wistful but the bit where she's describing to Robbie she's trying to explain to Robbie what poltergeist and ghosts are mm, yeah. and she's saying you know some people believe when you die your soul goes to heaven and all that I, I just think it's really lovely I think it's really yeah, well it's done she says they just hang around watch TV watch their friends grow up and it's it's like sad it's, it's good some people believe that when people die there's a wonderful light, as bright as the sun, but it doesn't hurt to look into it. All the answers to all the questions that you ever want to know are inside that light. And when you walk to it, you become a part of it forever. And then some people die, but they, they don't know that they've gone. You think they're still alive? Maybe they didn't want to die. Maybe they weren't ready. Maybe they hadn't lived fully yet, or they'd lived a long, long time, but they still wanted more life. They resist going into that light, however hard the light wants them. They just, they just hang around. Watch TV, watch their friends grow up, feeling unhappy and jealous, and feelings are bad. They hurt. And then some people just get lost on the way to the light. And they need someone to guide them to it. So some people get angry and throw things around, like in my bedroom. Yes. Just like in school. Like some kids are nice to you, 
Some kids are mean. I think they're the two strongest ha- actors in the film, the two women, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, we've got a third act coming in. Oh, we've uh, got the, we've the three women. We've got the dominator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, let's talk about the moving ribeye steak. What is a weird one, that? Well, yeah, I mean, I can't quite... I'm not sure why that was thrown in there. Um, I think... It, I don't know. Was, was it, it meant to be disgusting because of what happened to it? It sort of rots before your eyes, doesn't it? And yeah. To, and it's then his sandwiches, his sandwiches, full of maggots as well. And his chicken, yeah, and then his face starts to he starts to rip his own face off, which is really cool. It's yeah, it is cool, but it's like it's like it stands out like a sort of from the rest of the film mm. tonally. Yeah, it's like someone went, oh, we need to throw some real horror in here. Quick, let's uh, let's hope to our actor scene. <laughs> yeah, it's like was that his? <laughs> it's exactly, it's not yeah. His, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was a bit that I did first. Yeah. Then I got bored. I didn't do very much, and somebody else took over. Yeah, you took too I do. There's loads of there's loads of theories on this, which I've which I've noted down, which we can't yeah. talk about. But the bit that I find really really scary, where Diane is in the house on her own. Mm. So after so after the sort of night of paranormal investigation, they go off to the sheet. Um, the, the investigators leave, and they say we're going to get you some help. And then Steve goes off and he's talking with his boss. Mm. So Diane's in the house on her own and she's just cleaning up and tidying up. And she just dares herself and knocks at Caroline's door and then opens in this horrible screaming yeah. sound and she slams it shut. And that, for me, that's really scary. Yeah. It's just that one little moment of, like, in and out all on her own and she's like, oh, she'll try, she'll, mm-hmm. she'll see. She gets a big fright. It's always, like, a little moment where she thinks, is she just actually there in the bedroom? If I open the door... She might just be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's around here where you get a really cool shot where you from the bottom of the stairs up to the top and there's like the mist coming out like mm. and the lights and I just think that looks so fucking cool. Yeah, because isn't one of the investigators is sitting at the bottom of the stairs, isn't he? And it's like it's like yeah, he doesn't see it and it's just coming it. down the fog is mm. just coming down the stairs. It's great that and they catch it all on film, don't they? Yeah, that's where you see like the extra ghosts and stuff, isn't it? You see people like the spirits of people walking through the house, can't you? Um, so the, then we get the reveal about the burial ground. Yeah, because we get a nice matte painting when he goes up to the top of the hill. It's lovely, though, isn't it? It looks really good. It is great. It looks really nice. That big cemetery. Yeah, it's great. So um, he wants to. So the boss wants to develop on another piece of land, doesn't he? Yeah. And he offers Steve like the you know you can live here. Yeah. Look at the top. Live at the top of the hill, and yeah. your pool will be here, and you've got this view. Yeah. And if you like, if you yeah. we'll, we'll make it a partner and stuff like that. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to leave. But we um, we just will just move these graves because we've done it before. Yeah. And then that's where the penny drops for Steve. And yeah. That's what's happened. I did always th- I did think here watching it today that it might have been a more interesting. It might have been a more interesting um, skew on the family if it wasn't a reveal to Steve and he knew all along and he was guilty about it mm. and it was actually a reveal to Diane yeah. and she had to say to her husband, you like did this sinister. to us. Sinister, uh, okay, yeah. See, it's weird though, it's like America's not that old of a country. How long are those would those bodies have been there? The bodies could only have been there. For like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah hundred <laughs> years. Yeah. Cause, but that's, see, this is the thing that I had in my head. In my head... It, it maybe it's like one of those weird Mandela effects or whatever, but I always thought it was an Indian burial ground. But it doesn't make it. It's is that is number it two. Not? 
Oh, that's an Indian in number two. Two more burial grounds are Indian. It's because of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, because yeah. It, but in but in the film, it, but yeah. when watching it, it never says it's an Indian they burial ground. They don't really refer to it, do they? No. no. You've got to remember, in America, a hundred years is very very. It's a lot. Of <laughs> it's very very. And in this, yeah. in Europe, a hundred years is the blink of an eye because they've been yeah. around for five thousand years yeah. or more. So, yeah, they've got no history. No. Yeah. But, but, but ghosts of Victorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but it's never established in the film anywhere that it's an Indian burial ground. No. That's just, I've, that's just one of these film yeah. film myths that's come up from somewhere. I would assume yeah. them as yeah. well, just because. I just assume because it's American. And but they all have like, he, but it's all like headstones. So why would Indians have like headstones and like Christian yeah. burials? They because wouldn't. Because they? it's settlers, yeah. isn't it? Because some of them have got cowboy hats on. Yeah, yeah. and I did notice the one on the headstones just said Becky. It just said Becky. Yeah. That was they, literally all it said. Was like, you can think there's a chief in yeah. <laughs> Chief <laughs> or Becky. Chief Becky. Chief Rebecca. <laughs> chief Becky with the good hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. One hour and ten minutes into the film, we get Tangina. And, mm-hmm. oh, she's camp. <laughs> she is camp tits. Y'all man hanging back, you're jamming my frequencies. <laughs> she's just brilliant. She is a gay icon. I love him where doesn't she ask Steve a question? Yeah. And he yeah. does this thing and she's like, Oh yeah, she's that's bullshit. She's not a real psychic. And she's yeah. like, I did it, yeah, they just don't like trick answers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> she's so good. The way she just sort of swaggers through the scenes and she just dominates everything. She's really cool. Um, she was seen as like a creepy part of the film by lots of my friends when I was a kid, but as I just like loved her. She is like literally life goals. Like the second <laughs> she was like, <laughs> yeah. I am like I especially love the fact that she's tiny. Yeah. I like really relate to her. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but I think, but I think she is intended to be a little bit creepy because yeah. she's a small person exactly. and she's got a strange voice. Yeah. But she isn't. She's really? just actually lovely. She's lovely and she's com- she's completely overwhelmed with sass yeah. and she's very attitude. She has, she's amazing. She has the best line that's coming up. The best line. She says, um, there's a great bit, there's a great line that she delivers that's actually really creepy, where she says, she's talking about the, the she's talking about the dark force that's chasing Caroline, mm. and she says to her, it simply is another child, but to us, it is the beast. Mm. I, I love that. That's really good. Now let's go get your daughter. Now, hold on to yourselves. There's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. So much rage. So much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take your daughter away from you. It keeps Caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light. It lies to her. It says things only a child can understand. It has been using her to restrain the others. To her, it simply is another child. To us, it 
Now let's go get your daughter. So she's good. Um, um, this is great, this whole section, isn't it, where she concocts a way of bringing Caroline out. Mm. Um, and I love the fact that um, Ryan has got gloopy balls. <laughs> <laughs> she throws the tennis ball in and he pulls Oh, out. yeah, okay. I thought you were, I thought you knew something about the actor then. <laughs> well, he does have quite tight white jeans on, but uh, yeah. So it's, it gets really exciting, doesn't it? So this is the bit where it gets really, really mm. exciting because it's Diane who's going to go in there and fight for the child in the, the nether regions. That's that's my favourite bit. That um, when she goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so what are you going to say? Um, no, you've never done this before. What? Look at it, you. You're right. You go. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's really good. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I love it. That's brilliant. It's great. That is just genius comedy. So Diana's gonna tie a rope around herself and go in. Um but the rope comes out the other end. So there's a portal into the nether regions. Mm. Nether regions <laughs> through Caroline's closet and there's a portal out of the nether regions where Gloopy Balls Ryan is holding on to the, the holding rope. onto the, the, the rope. So it's literally he's gonna pull her through, isn't he? So um, so she goes in Diane goes in there's a great moment where she sort of kisses Steve and says I'm going to go and get our kids and she goes in there um, and then um, I love the bit where Stephen panics and pulls the rope out again because mm. he thinks because Tangina it's like Tangina's leading them into the light isn't it like he yeah. thinks he's going to lose his wife and child so he pulls the rope in panic and then this big skull comes bursting out of the closet which I think is really really effective I just never the light bit confused me so much because like one second it was stay away from the light yeah. and then it was like go into the light and then it was stay away from the light and I was just yeah. like what the fuck is with the light yeah. because she's saying go to the light because the other the ghosts will follow her yeah. so it's the ghosts that haven't moved on yeah. if she goes towards the light they'll go into the light so that's why they're saying go towards it but don't go into it so, so then she's assuming well Diane's in there now she's got hold of her daughter she knows what's going on so she's then saying Go into the light, but she's talking to the other ghosts. Because she thinks, well, oh, Diane's God, got. That's too much. She's thinking, Diane's got hold of Caroline, it'll be alright. Like stage directions for the ghosts? Like you just go far left towards the light, but you just go kind of towards the light, but not quite. It's just a bit too much. But they're not dead, though, are they? So. Mm, they're after, they? Yeah, but that's how you die. You go <laughs> into the light. No, not if you're still alive. <laughs> Never. I'm just Steve, the thing around the light just was very confusing, and I just had to ignore it to get through the film. <laughs> well, fair enough. But then um, the rescued anyway. Diane yeah. falls out of the uh, falls out of the exit hole with um, caught in gloop, in gloop. And the best like way to revive someone if they're dying is just to shout at them, breathe. Yeah. Don't do CPR or anything. Breathe and and effectively wipe the slime, <laughs> wipe, slime wipe the slime off, off the cheek, but yeah. off the nose or the mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just come back to life. Yeah. The covers in ghost jizz. So then, <laughs> and then we have the <laughs> classic moment where Tangina says, Stephen, do you want to do the, the line? Well, this ass is clean. Yeah. I can't do it in that place. <laughs> His ass is never clean. No. <laughs> that moment, um, there's a great meme online, which is like when you've fin- just finished douching f- for yeah. him. <laughs> this ass is clean. It does sound like ass, though. It still sounds like ass. <laughs> That's why you listen to this podcast, people. No, no other horror podcast is gonna see things this way. But I like that when she does that before she says it, she like brushes yeah her little straggly hairs off her face. This house is clean. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Camp. 
from here on in, so this last 20 minutes of the film, for me, is where it's like actually a horror film. Because mm. you've got, like, it's all over and done with, they're getting ready to move house, and it's like, um, you know, oh, everything's fine now. But, you know, there's 20 minutes left of the film, so yeah. you know it's not fine. Well, I suppose so, you, you didn't know that when you were in the cinema, did you? Really? No, no. But, you know, what I mean is, even in the cinema, yeah, you knew that this was now, right, something's going to happen because the film would be finished. Mm. They're not, they, they wouldn't just be quiet scenes of mm. mummy getting in the bath and things like that. So it's creepy. There's a creepiness to all these this this scene, I think. Uh, ominous. Ominous. Yeah, they weren't very casually getting ready to leave. Like, they weren't just like. You'd be out, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd be gone. And she's I'm like having a relaxing bath under a random red light. <laughs> um, And there's no music. No. There's no music up until the, you know, the clown attack. Um, I like Caroline's headless doll. That was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I that. But when she turns over and, she, and pulls the head back, on, yeah. back towards the doll, yeah. that's brilliant. And then it rolls off again. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the clown attack, isn't it? This yeah. is like... So, um, Robbie's creepy clown attacks him. This is like one of the, the classic scenes in the film. But isn't mm. the remake, I think the poster for the remake was it's just a picture of the clown, yeah. as if that was like the main point of the film. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the bit that scared people as a kid, isn't it? Mm. Better on that, but yeah. I don't get why they made it front and centre. No. It reminds me more of um, Scary Movie 2. Never seen Never it. Seen. Oh, the clown. Easy starts. Uh, you know the one that's meant to be gay, the black? One of the Wayne brothers. There's always a gay. There's a place the exceptionally Wayne gay yeah. one, yeah. And um, the clown starts trying to attack him, and then he ends up like attacking the clown and bumming him. Yes, of course. It's a great joke. It's not really. <laughs> that's what that's what the Wayne's brothers do all the time. Um, so the big monster outside the kids' bedroom door when yeah. Diane's trying to get to them. Very good, really good. Mm. I like this bit. Um, and then she ends up like trying to get out she runs out to get help from the neighbours the neighbours aren't interested um, so she ends up in the mud pool with all the skeletons yeah because now this is where all the bodies and yeah. graves start mm. popping out the ground yeah now we see torrential rain isn't there yeah so now we see that the, the bodies are buried under there um, and apparently there were real skeletons yeah yeah used in that scene but it was they're like medical skeletons that were brought from like universities and stuff yeah um, they went dug up. No, and then the like the props department added flash back onto them, which is cool. Yeah. Whilst so she's wrestling with skeletons down in the pool. Whilst upstairs, the kids seem to be getting sucked into a giant vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought demon hole looks. Yeah, there's a demon hole. There's demon a bit hole. of a. <laughs> I think I'm more of an asshole. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Isn't it a bit of like tentacle action as well? And yeah, it's like a tentacle coming out. And, yeah. yeah. See, th- this is what I don't. Rem- I didn't remember that much of this kind of like demonic because that takes it away from ghosts and more towards like hell and demons and yeah. stuff. It's like everything, everything but the kitchen sink thrown at it. Really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and this was meant to have aliens in, so they took the aliens out. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. meant to have aliens as well. Yeah. Wow. But uh, see that that point that thing I was telling you about before it was where you know when they're talking about leaving. Um, and is it the, who's the daughter Dana is it yeah. Dana because the dad says okay I want you to be back by this time I want us to stay to spend the night at the Holiday Inn at this at this at this place on I-27 or what it is he yeah. goes oh yeah I know that place and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> what, what? 
and he looks at us to say, and I was like, why does she know what that place? And it's like, yeah. has she been going there with him? Um, yeah. But then when you're saying how old she is, I'm like, mm. I think she's meant to be she's she's 16. She's in school. Yeah. yeah. So. But she was actually 22, wasn't she? Oh, well. Mm. In real life. Oh, okay. yeah. um, so, this is the great moment with get away from my babies. Yeah. And she charges in there and saves them. I think it's a shame that she has to say, please, God, help me. And she's rescuing them. Um, and that's at that moment she gets the power to sort of pull them to safety, pull the kids to safety. But either way, uh, I like the fact that it all comes down to a mother saving her kids. Because mm. mm. no one helps her. Mm. No one really helps her. Steve, like, turns up with his bot. Steve turns up and is, like, having a meltdown outside the house and not mm. really helping anyone. Yeah, he just tells his boss off, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. you, you caused this. Yeah, you knew. You knew there were women around. It's just weird that all these corpses, all these bodies were buried with like, you know, springs underneath them, ready to shoot out the ground. <laughs> 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 it's great that they the springs. They spring like onto the windscreen and yeah. it's like it's like proper ghost training. Maybe, uh, maybe. And buoyancy aids in yeah. the water in the pool as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should all do that when we die. We'll just make sure we get the springs underneath yeah. our coffins so that we can just shoot out. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. To scare anyone passing by. <laughs> You could turn you into an um, chocolate dispenser. <laughs> You're gonna turn me into a chocolate dispenser. No. I like your Martin. You might not remember this, but you want to tell me that when you die, you're like you're gonna pay in advance for a strange woman in a black veil to come to your grave crying once a year with a red rose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for the drama. Just for the drama. Very long black. Like so people yeah. can go who is that who is that um, so the whole street also goes up in flames and smoke and water and it all goes to shit and I love the bit where Dana turns up in a taxi yeah. to see her house like, disip- like dissolve, yeah. dissolve and she's screaming and they're saying get in the car and Robbie's going dad just drive away <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's really funny so yeah the family escape and they head to the Holiday Inn yeah that's very good. There's a great that final shot's great, isn't it? Yeah. Where they go in and then suddenly they open the door again and then kick, they kick the telly. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. On the landing, and that's really good. So that's that's the film in a nutshell. I think it's um it's like an adventure. I don't know. It's more exciting than scary. Yeah. 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 It's got like yeah. the, it's that AC's film like the Goonies almost, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's like okay. in a weird way, watching this time it reminds me a little bit of Ghostbusters. It had that kind of fun. Yeah. That, that Definitely. fun to it. Especially and the effects. The effects were very Ghostbusters yeah. as well, I thought. Yeah. yeah. There are quotes all over the all over the internet really about what happened with the direction of the film. Mm. Um so obviously Steven Spielberg wrote it. Mm. It was his story. He produced it. Um, and they say that because he obviously because of the, this clause with um, E.T. he couldn't make another film while he was pre- prepping E.T. Mm. so they brought Toby Hooper in as like a work and as a job and director didn't yeah. they really to, to do the do the sort of monkey work really um, but from all accounts Steven Spielberg was there every day sort of calling Stop the shots, shots mm. breathing down Toby Hooper's neck and controlling yeah. everything and you can imagine he must be a bit of a control freak, really, if it's yeah. his baby. See, I wonder if maybe they brought Toby, or Toby, however you pronounce it, if they brought, because he'd just done, he was just done Texas Chainsaw, hadn't he? Yeah. So they were trying to get, like, the horror crowd in to see it, but, yeah. like, oh, from the guy who did Texas Chainsaw, so yeah. people were, so, you know. And he'd just done Fun House as well before this. Fun House, oh, yeah. Salem's Lot, was that before this? That was before this. 
Yeah. So you're probably trying to get the horror crowds in with his name, yeah. but then the Spielberg crowds, you know, get the he kids. He did the rewrite though, um, so that took the aliens out. Right. That's fair enough. You do your film will be with crowds, ghosts and poltergeists and demon holes and tentacles yeah. and then aliens. Yeah. 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 A little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a four months of speed, wasn't there, between them? Yeah, he sued them. Yeah. He? Because Spielberg, mm-hmm. because Spielberg is basically saying that Spielberg was overstating how much, yeah, he was involved, but it's never really been, yeah. The thing there's no definitive answer because lots of people involved in the film saying actually Spielberg was effectively the director. Well, Toby Hooper, one of his main gripes, wasn't it, was that when they were promoting it, like in the trailers and stuff, it was it was like Spielberg, 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 mm. all over it. So he was sort of even though he had that credit on the film as directing it he was seen as a lesser mm. draw than Spielberg, mm. which, to be fair, he kind of was. Mm. But they draw. still do that now, though, don't they? You get, like, Quentin Tantino presents, and it'll be, yeah. like, some yeah. indie film. Yeah. But there's one of the actors says that it was definitely Tobe, and then some of them say that it was definitely Spielberg. I think they were both obviously involved. The argument I don't like is, like, when people start saying that, like, Tobe Cooper couldn't have made a film this good, it was definitely... Spielberg and I'm like yeah. bitch Toe Pooper is a great director he's got some great work and he's got some amazing shots in there he's perfectly capable of doing this but yeah. it is very much like a Spielberg film isn't yeah. it There's, but it, Toe Pooper's not made another film like this but, if you... but that's because he wrote it and he creates all the ideas and if the ideas that make it a Spielberg film well, there's that probably, the, probably the combination of the two wasn't a good combination because you don't you, if you Whatever your thoughts are on Steven Spielberg, his ego and his um, presence in Hollywood is huge. And so yeah. he's not going to, you, if you, if your directing style and the way you make a film doesn't mirror his, which I'm guessing Toby Hooper's doesn't, doesn't. it's not that corporate driven way to make an industry film. Film. Where every then, box is ticked. Yeah, every box is mm. ticked and it's all meticulously planned yeah. and, and executed. Steven Spielberg isn't going to be able to work like that and mm. so consequently will jump in and yeah. micromanage at, any, at every point. It would have been interesting maybe to see what that film would have been like with Toby Hooper directing and somebody else producing yeah. <laughs> And if you think about it, if Steven Spielberg produced it on the film, then once... All the shoot, once all the shooting is done and finished and everything's ready to be edited, it's Steven Spielberg who would have the power there to say, right, this should be edited in a certain way. Yeah. The music, I'll choose that music. Yeah. And and so so the the final sort of um, footprint that's all over that film, no matter what Toby Hooper's done day to day directing it, is going to be Spielberg's, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, to, to just see the um, I, I quite enjoyed the shady. The shady stuff from Zelda Rubenstein, who plays Tangina, who says, um, Stephen directed all six days that I was on set. Toby set up the shots and Stephen made the adjustments. She also alleged that Hooper, quotation, allowed some unacceptable chemical agents into his work. Hmm. Uh, what did that mean? Because I read that quote. And then she said Toby was only partially there, so I don't really know. Drugs, drink, acids. <laughs> And then people, um, people, James Caron, who plays the boss, um, who, him in his defense of Toby Hooper, says about Zelda Rubenstein, she laid into Toby and I don't know why, Toby was kind to her. 
So he's not denying what she says. He's just saying that's yeah. shady that she would be like that about that she would say those things about him. Yeah, she's not lying, but it's you know you shouldn't. <laughs> I remember, like I can't remember who said it, but one of them talked about how basically Tobes a bit quieter and Spielberg basically came in and yeah forced his way around and Tobes wasn't yeah. wanted to disagree. Mm. You can disagree with Spielberg anyway, do you? Left or not? There was an interesting quote from. You can uh, try, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the shot up the stairs, the, my, my favourite shot, reminds me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the shots up from the low angle into the house. Mm. Where she's walking into the house. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very similar... Yeah. It looked like a, a carpenter shot, I thought. It might have made the fog a little mm. bit. Maybe that's just the fog. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the light, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's like an orange light as well. There's an interesting quote as well from John Leonetti, who was the first assistant cameraman. And he says, Hooper was so nice and just happy to be there. He creatively had input. Stephen developed the movie and it was his to direct, except there was anticipation of a director's strike. So he was the producer, but really he directed it in case there was going to be a strike and Toby was cool with that. It wasn't anything against Toby. Every once in a while, he would actually leave the set and let Toby do a few things. But, but, but really, Stephen directed him. Go on. I was a bit patching out on that. Like, yeah. He was just happy to be there. Like, he just showed up. Like, he'd won a competition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Another another quote says to, from this is from Mick Garris, who was a publicist on the film. Toby was always calling action and cut. Toby had been deeply involved in all of the pre-production and everything, but Stephen is a guy who will come in and call the shots. And so you're on your first studio film, hired by Steven Spielberg, who is enthusiastically involved in this movie. Are you going to say, stop, let me do this? Mm. Um... Yeah, so. Cause didn't he go on to do stuff for Canon after this? Toby Hooper. Yeah, because he did Texas Chainsaw Two, and Life Force, and then it was the Invaders from Mars remake, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I, as much as I like Life Force, that none of those films are as, you know, I, I like this. Are they? <laughs> Oliver Robbins, who plays Robbie, says the guy who sets up the shots, blocks the actors, and works with the crew to create a vision is the director. In those terms, Toby was the director. He's the one who directed me anyway. Um, so does yeah. Does I think it was just a bit of collaboration, but probably not a fun one. Yeah, I think it was. There was a bit of collaboration there, but I think basically it's, it's Steven Spielberg who's who's in charge, isn't it? Yeah, maybe Ed's done the bit of edge of domineering, maybe. bit of micromanagement there from yeah. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, um, <laughs> didn't look like it didn't look like it was that micro. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I just think, yeah, but either way, we got a very interesting film from it. It would, like what you said, Martin, it'd be interesting to, to see a version that Toby Hooper just directed mm-hmm. without that input from Steven Spielberg and just see how differently it would have ended up. Be that much darker. It'd be a horror film. Yeah. Mm. Um, one thing I thought I found out only recently, which I thought was really interesting, is Jerry Goldsmith's score. They they made a um, a choral version of the theme song called Bless This House so you've got children singing lyrics over over it yeah. Yeah. which I thought was interesting and if you listen to that that makes it even less like a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> didn't some people involved in this film die as well so yeah The Curse The, the Curse, curse. I, I um, last year I went on the um, Dearly Departed tour in LA where you go around on a bus and it's really ghoulish to take you to places mm. where people have been murdered and stuff and one of them was Dominique Dunn, who plays Dana in this yeah. film. We, we went to the house where it happened. Yeah. So she had a very possessive boyfriend. Um, and he basically 
um, came knocking at her house one night. She answered the door. He drags her out onto the front lawn and strangled her on the wow. street. Yeah, it was a, like an expert. Yeah. It yeah. was a, within weeks of release of the film, wasn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. And she was like, not 22? 22. Mm. 22. And the most famous, obviously the most famous death, Heather O'Rourke, who played Caroline, um, she was like, was she like wrongly diagnosed with Crohn's disease and given, Yeah. she was given medication for it, that like a steroid for it. Yeah, and that, exacerbated the symptoms she's got a bowel obstruction that's, that's it, what yeah. killed her yeah so that was why they were filming Podcast 3 which I remember watching a lot when I was younger that was a video shop purchase um, rent for me um, and I remember we would watch that and I think there's like a last scene there's a scene right at the end where Tom Skerritt who plays the uncle is holding Caroline in his arms and I think that was a stunt yeah. double because she died and they had to go back and shoot those last bits oh, oh. So she died, and I went and visited Heather O'Rourke's grave oh. in Westwood Village Cemetery, and um, it's all you know. Um, her grave is one of those little of the compartments that are just in the wall. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what they're called. Is that nice and crypty. Yeah. Mm. So her um, memorial is right underneath Jackie Collins. Oh wow! Memorial, same, literally just wow. like fused underneath it. So that was quite interesting to see that. But yeah, that's really sad. And here, so one thing I think is really, really, really strange. I mean, it's not horrible or anything, but you've got to think about how she was perceived, even by her family. Um, her gravestone says Caroline in the in podcast. Oh. Oh, my God. So they've chosen to, that, that's on her memorial. Mm. That's a bit... It's weird, isn't it? That's... I don't like that. Yeah. But, um... The curse is overstated, though, isn't it? The curse is overstated. They're not all overstated. Pop the one I put on you. Be careful what you say, Stephen Moore. Because it's all safe. Some hoodoo there, wasn't there? There's no red brick dust concern. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was that all it was, just two? two no, well, no, the lad who, the lad who plays Robbie, yeah. he said that he... he Got um, there was nearly an accident with the clown that got strangled, strangled. Yeah. <laughs> and he was only rescued at the last minute by Steven Spielberg. Oh. I think the bit that takes that over the edge is the fact that it's Spielberg that rescued him, yeah. it wasn't just like some random yeah. Yeah. You know what? It was probably Toe Hooper that rescued him, story where they had to film it back the sequence backwards, and that's why it went wrong and it strangled him. And Steven Spielberg rescued him. And Steven Spielberg was the only one to stay because he was watching on the monitor apparently. And then some somebody else in the crew had a heart attack mm. at some point in their life <laughs> yes. later on yeah. after having made it's the, like the curse, and died. It's like the curse of the Exorcist, isn't it? Yeah. When you look at that, it's like what? I actually watched. And somebody else had something go wrong with a house when they <laughs> moved into a house and their electrics went wrong. <laughs> Is that Joe Beth Williams that who plays oh, Diane? It was she carried on to the new villains and they've had problems with lighting in their houses yeah. after the thing. Yeah. And they in the new film they said that when they went home that like the ghost would follow them from the set back and stuff. And it's like, no, you're just trying to capitalise off the fact that the original one yeah. has a legend, so then trying to add your own legend. Yeah. The only good thing about that remake was that it introduced me to the notion that you could make chicken nugget pizza. Chicken nugget pizza? Chicken nugget pizza. I haven't watched the remake. They have, no, that, I they have that in the remake. It's getting remade again anyway, so... It's not. It is. It's been announced. Fuck. Oh, 
Okay. Aren't they doing it's another grudge? Did we say brothers? Okay. They're doing the grudge again, aren't they? But we like, yes. I like the Russo brothers. So I'm, I'm what did they make? Um, the Winter Soldier Winter and Soldier. the Avengers yes. films. Oh, get to fuck. They're good, though. Get they are fuck. the best ones. Take your Marvel and stick it up your asshole. But, um... <laughs> I listened to a good podcast um, on, specifically, it's called That Me Podcast, but they did an episode on myths of, like, cases around films and, like, broke it down. And it just tells, shows you how stupid yeah. they all are. And it's kind of, like... There's something kind of sad and depressing about using someone's mm. misery and like death just as like a punchline for an interesting fact. I know. Like, yeah. it's kind of or a bit marketing. Sick. Just like crazy yeah. buzz around the film. Yeah. It's yeah. Bit, it's very know. creepy. But then um, they in that they chose a random film and I can't remember. It's like an animated stupid film, and then went about to see if they could find if that film was cursed and it was like they found all the tenuous links of like this person who did this died yeah, and this person yeah. that you could literally do it to anything I, d- I do know one that was quite cursed the, uh, the film Stalker by Tarkovsky um, they wanted like a kind of run down derelict kind of industrial looking place so this being a Russian film in the <laughs> 80s they went and filmed in a nuclear power outside wow. the nuclear power plant so they were filming a lot of the f- scenes take place in this river and using this water and I think most of the people in the film got oh, cancer include so that's cursed including the director oh my god <laughs> yeah so Stalker's probably quite cursed oh, I think it. that's less cursed it's a great bad health and safety yeah. <laughs> the other two deaths were um, from the sequel so Reverend Kane in the sequel in part, part two Julian Beck he died he had cancer when he was making the film you can kind of see when you watch it. I remember him being really scary and creepy. And uh, The Shaman, uh, Will Sampson. Oh, yeah. Um, who you'll recognise because he popped up in loads of films in the 80s. I think he died as well. Um, but, he died like a couple of months after. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just so tenuous. Okay. Pods Guys 2 and Pods Guys 3 I always enjoyed as a kid. Um, the Reverend Kane in Pods Guys 2 is, is f- I think, has to be based on Robert Mitchum. Mm. In, yeah, Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter, because he comes walking up to the house as a reverend singing a weird song mm. to the kids, and that's got to be yeah a direct reference. And Podskies Three has got a lot of Flynn Boyle, Nancy Allen, horror icon. I don't think I've ever seen three. And Tom Skerritt, and they're in like a high rise, yeah. and Caroline goes to stay with them. That's <laughs> uh, like an auntie uncle, and it goes from there really. So it tries to make it a bit cooler, and it's like set in downtown New York or Chicago or something. Um, and that's that's like you know not great but mm. as horror sequels go it's good, it's a fun watch so I recommend it Freezer is the best we've been saying this yeah yeah um, so there you go so we all we all enjoyed it mm-hmm. in various ways um, I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has seen it so it's a celebration but if you haven't seen it then go and have a look and to be honest you probably like us and probably not seen it for a while uh, yeah well it's one that's of those yeah it's, that's it it's, one of, those it's one of those films it's like songs like Bohemian Rhapsody and Like a Prayer and things like that you never need to hear those songs again because mm-hmm. you've heard them a million times so this is like one of those films isn't it mm-hmm. but go back reevaluate it because we've all found it interesting it's the proud man. um this podcast is clean. <laughs> See, I found out recently the Proud Mary that wasn't a Tina Turner song, was it? That was a his was a cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's weird. That. Yeah. That's the, it's clear Creedence Clearwater to the original. Yeah. Is it the Titanic song that's um, Dolly Parton? 
No, it's I Will Always Love You. That's it. That one is throws me off. That it wasn't Whitney so Houston. That it wasn't Whitney. Like, what the fuck? I had a strange dream the other night that Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown were in my bedroom and Bobby Brown was a sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you for listening. You can get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. You can get Stephen Moore. At HD99. You can get Jonathan Butler. Cthulhu502. Where are we going to get Martin? I'll be in a house um, built on a old cemetery. <laughs> that may or may not be Indian. <laughs> that may or may not be Indian. Yes. We'll see you for the hundred episode. Oh, and we will see you for our episode one hundred. Yes, we're very excited about that. Can't believe we've got this far. I can't believe I've got this far without strangling you, Stephen. I know. Let's see if we get to a hundred. <laughs> that cares for that. This house is clean.